Hello and welcome everyone to the Almost Awesome Podcast. The only podcast you listen to at your own risk. <laughs> I am your host, Tanneray Hirsch, and I am continuing my catch-up reviews uh, for a little while with a video game. And this video game is Devil May Cry. A game I didn't really follow too closely and kinda snuck up on me, even though I'm a fan of the series. This was a game that myself and not a lot of people were sure if it was going to get made until the trailer came out for it, uh, which I think was last year, which was weird. Uh, Because the last Devil May Cry game was a reboot that, even though I really liked and thought it was really good, it divided fans of the series for a number of reasons, which is the topic of its own podcast episode that I might do, that I might not, depending on if I'm in the mood. The last game before that was Devil May Cry 4, which had a very lukewarm reception when it came out because of the new cocky protagonist Nero, along with the veteran fan favorite, Dante. And it was reminding too many people at the time of the protagonist switch of Metal Gear Solid 2. So Capcom thought their best strategy would be to bring back the old Dante that fans know and love. The game is a sequel to Devil May Cry 4. Obviously, that's how numbers work, so keep up. And it also brings back Nero from the last game as one of the three playable characters, along with Dante and a new character, V. These three different characters are the main focus of the game, not just in terms of story, but also gameplay. With each character plays very different from the other, which is really complementary to the hack-and-slash style of the series and also helps the gameplay not get too repetitive. Nero is what I'm going to refer to as the power-up button masher style. His play style kind of helps new players get adjusted, but also really lends itself well to the button mashing that you're obviously going to do for this game that everyone does because a lot of his moves have to do with either holding down a button or powering up his blue rose three-shot revolver or constantly revving up his red queen sword for devastating attacks. Then there's the devil breaker arm, which is an upgraded version of the devil bringer from devil may cry Four. That is now robotic since he lost his devil arm to this new demon king, Urizen. The devil bringer is used to bring your enemies closer to you so you can give them a nice big old hug. And then kill them and even do some powerful throws where you smash them on the ground or rip them in half. But mainly the hugging thing. Devil May Cry expands on this by giving you different arms with different abilities from a powerful electric blasts or rocket punches to something that lets you blast away from getting hurt or even slowing down your opponents. These arms can be broken down and even destroyed by your enemies at some point if they land an attack on you while you're trying to attack. So you can have a few arms you can equip 
before each mission, or even get random ones throughout the level to replenish your supply. But you only have a finite supply, and you don't always have access to them. So it makes you plan out when you will need them throughout the mission, and gives you a sense of, you know, thinking before you even tackle a boss fight. Which, the boss fights are pretty good in this film. I feel like Japanese developers are pretty solid about doing good old-fashioned boss fights. V is the new mysterious character. They say so with his character selection screen. So he's mysterious. They couldn't just leave that open for interpretation, but he's mysterious. So just make sure you note that. Write that down in a little notebook in case you haven't been keeping up. Now, he is what I'm going to call the Lazy Summoner. <laughs> and I just came up with that. I didn't write that down. I came up with that, and I'm sticking to it. He is the Lazy Summoner. And he has the most unique gameplay style that is very different for a hack-and-slash game. V does not do any of the fighting himself, but actually summons demon companions to do the fighting for him. And then you... As V have to deliver the final blow to actually kill the kill them and get the rewards. One button is related to one of the three demons, the flying griffin, who's the most talkative of the demons, does the lightning range attacks. But you don't have the best control over him because he's always flying, but you can use him to glide you through the area to get to higher places, and also away from danger. Shadow, the panther companion, handles the short-range quick attacks that help you fill out combos. Then there is Nightmare, the colossal brute you have no control of, and that you just let loose on the battlefield, which also counts as your Devil Trigger super mode. All of the attacks give V an advantage to attack while also allowing you to avoid any damage because they can act independently from V. While you can stay out of danger and also recharge your Devil Trigger gauge by reading William Blake poetry, which I think most of us do when we need to recuperate our demonic strength. Now... Dante is, of course, who we're all here to play. And he is here as for the veteran players. And this is the most complex yet familiar for series regulars. Dante, of course, uses different styles and different weapons to fight demons. His swords and guns are his standard, but throughout the levels, you get new devil's arms which have their own unique method of fighting. Like the Cavalier Motorcycle, which is like a buzzsaw that you can use to just rapidly destroy people. Or the Dr. Faust Hat, which is a hat that can fire projectiles at the cost of red orbs. Which I hate. I rarely use because I work hard on those red orbs. But using it does give you the chance to get more red orbs once you kill those enemies. 
Dante is the only character I actually turned autoplay off. Autoplay allows you to kind of guide you into using all these different moves, but for both Nero and Virgil and even Dante, utilizing all of these in order to incorporate it into who you're fighting. But for Dante, I actually turned it off so I could switch between weapons freely and experiment with the different ways I could rack up combos. Dante's style forms are from the third and fourth games. They return, and like in the fourth game, you can switch between them. The swordplay allows you to use different modes and special moves for your melee weapons, while the gunslinger style lets you do the same thing with your guns. Also, quick side note, Dante's signature guns, Ebony and Ivory, have always been mentioned to have one for long range and one for rapid fire. But in all of the games, they've always been used as rapid fire weapons. And this game actually does have different buttons while in gunslinger mode to use rapid fire or single shot, which I thought was a nice touch. The trickster style lets you evade your enemies and the royal guard lets you counter and block them. Switching between all these styles and experimenting with them not only gets your rankings higher, but it also helps from the game getting too repetitive, which is also nice. Now, the story for this game is subpar at best. Devil May Cry has never been one to very flushed out worlds. It never really takes the time for world building, you know? Everything always has to do with either Dante or his family. Apart from the animated series, they never really deal with the normal people and how they relate to demons running around or how the supernatural stuff works. It's all just an excuse to have Dante and friends be stylish and kill demons. While also sometimes really, really shirtless and naked. Really shirtless and naked. Dante goes through the whole third game with no shirt. But, my awakened sexuality aside, this game has a ton of callbacks that... Not only from other games, but also from some of the manga and even the anime that helps acknowledge some of the continuity, which has always been kind of a loose concept for this game. This game doesn't really have anything to make it stand out story-wise. A little bit of spoilers here, but... So... Play the game and then come back and listen to this. But the game brings back Dante's twin brother, Virgil. Surprise. Who was a corrupted boss for Dante to kill in the first game, and who was made into an actual character in the prequel game 3. V is revealed to be Virgil's human form after he separates from the demon form, which then turns into the main boss, Urizen, in this game. To the surprise of no one. I mean... Of course V is Virgil. Like, the, the V is... And you called him the mysterious one. It's like... Whatever. 
Virgil was always about getting more power since losing the rest of his family like Dante, but instead of working towards revenge like his brother, he vows to get stronger and cast aside his human side since feeling abandoned by his mother. V realizes the crimes he has committed after gaining his human soul and works with Dante and Nero to stop his demon self. The game also confirms the long-standing rumor that Virgil is Nero's father. To the shock of no one. I mean... Seriously, it's just like they're playing catch-up with their game. Like, we all figured this out when the game came out. This was already a theory. Since it was implied in 4 that Nero had a connection to Sparta... And since Nero can use Virgil's sword and has a demon side that says it wants more power, it's even more implied in the special edition for number four when the Virgil scene, the Virgil scenes showing him in Nero's hometowns years before and turning female hooded figure heads. That's, that's literally the only scene they added to that. And it makes you go like, well, why else would they put that there if not to reveal that Virgil used to fuck? <laughs> v as Virgil and Virgil as Nero's father is not surprising, but the game treats it like it is. But fans already knew this for years before even the reboot game. They never go far enough with V's feelings of what he did in pursuit of his power. Dante literally runs away from any moment with V, even though he knows he's his long-lost brother that he thought he killed. This this story was meant to wrap up the Sons of Sparta storyline, so this might be the last time we see both of them, and it ends with both Virgil and Dante fighting each other for fun, while also fighting demons in the underworld, which is kind of what both of them wanted. They never really wanted a life outside of this, and now they have each other. But at the same time, it kind of lessens Nero's arc in the story, who loses his arm and is trying to prove that he's not useless compared to Dante. But after finding out that Virgil is his father, he realizes that he has a family in both Virgil and Dante, and wants to stop their sibling rivalry from killing each other, which he succeeds in doing, But then Virgil and Dante go right back to doing what they were doing before, but now they're doing it for fun. Nero didn't want them to die, which was his big hero moment, and then they go right back to treating Nero like a kid again. This might be their plan to have Nero continue the story for future games, which is odd because... Nero feels exactly like the Dante from the reboot, Devil May Cry series, which, with his cocky attitude and his kind of vulgar behavior, and I thought everyone hated that version of a Devil May Cry character, which I feel like is just another spit in the face for Ninja Theory, who were the developers of that game. (sighs) It's like, make up your mind, Capcom. Do you... It seems like you're just reaping the benefits and ignoring the consequences of the reboot. This hard work that other people did. 
Now, the game is a celebration of the series, but with more callbacks and than plot makes more like this is fan service and trying to appeal to fans who hated the DMC reboot, which I think is disrespectful to Ninja Theory, who made the game for Capcom when they no longer had any faith in the franchise. All in all, if you're looking for a good hack-and-slash game that you can perform awesome moves and kill and smash everything in sight, you will definitely be entertained. But the story might leave you wanting more only because there is so little here. So, I want to thank you guys for tuning in for my latest game review. I'm going to be putting out uh, another review very soon in the next couple days. And I want to thank you all for listening. And I'm going to try and do more to put more reviews out. So if you have any suggestions or any comments, concerns, leave comments on Anchor, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you can reach me. Go.